Hey, 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 welcome back, everyone. Woo, what's up, everybody? Oh, I'm so glad you guys are able to make it back to the podcast because today is going to be another great edition, and I'm glad you guys don't have to miss it. I'm glad you guys are able to, to take the time out of your day to tune into the podcast because, you know, we always have stuff to talk about. I mean, discuss because that's the name of the uh, podcast. You know, we have a lot of discussions to talk about. And today, you know, we have a very big one that's worth talking about. But before we even get into it, <clears throat> I just have to say I'm really looking forward to the weekend. And because Venom, Venom 2 is, uh, you know, comes out into theaters and I just can't wait to go watch it. I'm a huge comic book fan. I'm a huge Venom fan. So I can't wait to go see that movie. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. But aside from that, you know, I'm looking forward to just chilling, you know, not doing much. You know, it's the weekend. I don't have to worry about going to work or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, aside from, you know, Venom 2, I really have nothing else going. You know, I'm just I probably just come back to the pad and chill out or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, usually something in the last minute always comes up. So maybe something like that, you know, I'll be open to it. But uh, aside from me, you know, there's a lot of you guys, too, that have the weekend off and you guys just can't wait. You know, you guys deserve it. We deserve it. We've been working very hard and, you know, we deserve it. We deserve to say, you know, uh, give each give ourselves a pat on the back for, you know, our hard work. And but, you know, to those that, you know, that have to work on the weekend, don't worry because, your day off will come and you know that you know that's going to come real soon but uh in the meantime while you're working you guys could check out the podcast by yours truly hint hint but uh yeah check it out you know this is the fourth episode so we got three other ones that you guys could check out i mean on your free time or whatever but um yeah so let's get right into it let's get right into uh today's episode so today's topic on the podcast does Brock Lesnar deserve to be in the UFC Hall of Fame? Last week, George St. Pierre, John Jones, and Alexander Gustafson were all inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame, and they earned every bit of it. They deserve to be in that UFC Hall of Fame. There is no doubt that they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. With with the many years of contribution that they that they made for the sport, there is no doubt that they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Even for John Jones. Even with all this bad publicity going on right now in the media or from previous years with all his multiple arrests and all his troubles outside the octagon, there's still no doubt that John Jones deserves to be in the UFC Hall of Fame. In my personal opinion, I believe he's number one pound for pound greatest fighter of all time, but that's just my opinion. But for Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar has always been a touchy subject. The moment Brock Lesnar got on the scene, he was a black sheep. Everyone in MMA disliked the fact that a WWE, actually at the time, a former WWE superstar was trying out mixed martial arts. At the time, everyone's mindset was was to believe that just because he was a Division I wrestling champion doesn't necessarily mean he will succeed in MMA. And so a lot of, he had a big target in his back. A lot of people wanted to fight him. A lot of people made fun of him. So instantly, he was the the black sheep. So the thing is, I heard this question a few years back, and there was a lot of positives and a lot of negatives. Actually, it was like in between both. A lot of people thought if Brock Lesnar did go into the UFC Hall of Fame, that it would be it would be worthy just because he contributed in some way to the sport due to his popular popularity by bringing in fans from the pro wrestling business. And drawing a lot of money. And then the other side thought Brock Lesnar should have been in the Hall of Fame because he didn't have a long, lengthy career. And both of them seems pretty, pretty good, you know. But, you know, they, they both sound about right. But today in this podcast, I'm going to discuss a lot more than just those two. Because in my personal opinion, I believe Brock Lesnar should be in the Hall of Fame. If Dana White and the UFC one day says, hey, let's throw Brock Lesnar in the Hall of Fame. I, I could agree with it. I couldn't say, oh, no, he's not worthy of it or he doesn't deserve it because I believe Brock Lesnar has done many things in a short amount of time that a lot of other fighters did not do. And I'm going to explain. So for me, like now, I feel as though maybe times has changed because 
a lot of times ha- has changed since since that uh, question was posed. Like now, the landscape has changed dramatically. There's a lot of pro wrestlers. I mean, there's there's some pro wrestlers that's actually, uh, you know, venturing out into MMA, and there's there's like there's some MMA fighters that are venturing out into pro wrestling. The, the landscape has changed, and there's many opportunities right now in this day and age for everyone. You know, there's uh, for instance like MMA fighters like Tom Lawler. He uh, he's venturing out to pro wrestling. Frank Mir is actually venturing out into pro wrestling, and uh, a lot of them are are signed. There's there's some of them that are signed with uh, WWE Performance Center down in uh, Orlando, Florida. I mean not Orlando, but down in Florida, and, and stuff like that. Then you see you know CM Punk venturing out into MMA. Then you see amateur wrestlers, Olympians, you know, athletes, competitors. They're, you know, they have an option to go to either side. And right now, the landscape is changing. So that's why I want to come come around to this question again. Because I, in my personal opinion, I don't think people will think twice if Brock Lesnar was worthy enough to be in the UFC Hall of Fame. I think people will go along with it. I think people will be satisfied at the fact that he's in the Hall of Fame. Because, because like like I mentioned, and I'm going to get right to it right now. So the reason why I believe Brock Lesnar should be in the Hall of Fame is because the moment he had an interview with Dana White, the moment that he met with Dana White as to why he should be in the UFC, he told Dana White this. He told him straight up, I'm not looking to fight tomato cans. I want to fight the best in the world. I believe I'm the best and I believe I could beat the best. And I want to fight in, in the UFC because this is the best organization in the world. And he says that I'll fight anyone, anywhere, anytime. And from the moment he signed with the UFC, he kept his word. All From his first fight in the UFC against Frank Mir to his last fight against Alistair Overeem, he kept his word. Every fight that Brock Lesnar had in the UFC was not easy. It was a tough fight. It was big name after big name after big name. And... Brock Lesnar, let me see. Okay, so he was able to do all of this in a short amount of time. So the moment he he fought Frank Mir, yeah, he uh, he looked really good. He looked really good. He looked really good. But even though he did not win that fight, a lot of a lot of people thought he was a prospect. He was a prospect in the future. He was he was something to look forward to because a lot of people thought after his first fight with Frank Mir that he will get better and improve, and he did. And I want to also mention too, the MMA community at that time believed that just because you are a Division One wrestling champion and so on and so forth, you're you're this great wrestler, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to succeed in MMA all the time. And yes, wrestling is a big component in MMA. You have to have wrestling. You have to have wrestling skills to to do well in MMA, let alone the UFC, because a lot of a lot of fighters in the UFC, a lot of champions, a lot of previous champions, a lot of them were wrestlers. So having having wrestling skills is essential that you have to work on it on, you know, all the time. You have to work on defense, offense. That's it's just something that you cannot leave as a weakness. And just because, like I mentioned, you're a wrestling champion doesn't necessarily mean you're going to succeed. And there's time in and time again that we have seen that you know wrestling champions before have not done well. Primarily, one one comes to mind is Roland Gardner. So Roland Gardner, he won the 2000 Olympics in Sydney, Australia. He won a gold medal, and he competed in in the, in the Olympics in 2004. I believe he won a bronze medal or so forth. But he was a wrestling champion. He was so he yeah he was a wrestling champion. And when he ventured out into MMA, he fought in Pride back in 2004 against uh, Hidehiko Yoshida. And on that fight, I you know I I saw that fight and Rulon didn't look good. It he didn't look good. He didn't look impressive like Brock Lesnar. He didn't look impressive. Like uh, like all like a bunch of other wrestlers, you know, take him down, ground a pound, such and so forth. Not at all. He was he was in a competitive fight, and this guy uh, Yoshida, he was actually much smaller than him. He was uh, I, I think Yoshida as well. He was a, an Olympian too. He I think he was a gold medalist or uh, bronze and judo. So he was actually a good grappler too, and he fought Rulon Gardner in a gi. But so that fight 
went I think all all rounds. I think I think Pride at that time had a ten minute round, and then the second round was like five minutes or so, something like that. But they went all rounds, and Rulon Gardner won by decision. So, but after that fight, he didn't fight again. That was the last fight. He only had one fight, and that was it. And a lot had to do with primarily getting hit. He did not want to get hit. He hated getting hit, and that was one of the one of the reasons why he he retired. And that's you know that's why he didn't come back. And and the same as Brock Lesnar. If you watch his fights, he doesn't like to get hit. He is not someone that you can see that that takes a punch very well. Even in his training camps too, he, you know, he brings in he has his at the time when he was training when he was a champ, he had his own. He had his own gym, his own training facility in which he invested money on trainers. He invested money on just on on partners, too, and stuff like that. So but even then, his training partners like such as Pat Barry, who's who's a great kickboxer, he couldn't really he he couldn't really do much. He was limited as to the things that he could do. He couldn't he couldn't like hit Brock Lesnar in the face all the time because the trainers told him not to do that. You, you know they wanted to they wanted to make him look strong and that was his downfall i mean yeah that was his downfall as opposed to that if you know that's you know striking is is important and that's something that he that he was never good at if you if you if you watch his fights he you know his punches suck his punches suck he was just a, a big strong guy that knew how to throw a punch and and you know we saw that in the fight too so yeah Roland Garner did not succeed, succeed. and that's why a lot of people thought because you're a wrestling champion doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do well. And I, I would suggest you guys to, to go check out that fight with um, Roland Gardner versus Yoshida and Pride. And you can see for yourself. And you, you can look up Roland Gardner too and you're going to see that he's an Olympian. He's like, you know, the best of the best. And he didn't, you know, he didn't want to come back and do it again. So, yeah, but when Brock Lesnar came on the scene, he did so at a time when the UFC heavyweight division was at its peak, literally at its peak. Like right now, if you watch the UFC heavyweight division, it's not that great. There's probably, I mean, you have Stipe. I mean, you have Francis Nagano as champion, a great champion. Then you have guys, you know, underneath him, like contenders like Stipe is right there. You know, John Jones pretty soon. Who else? Curtis Blades and just a few other guys just... You know, but it does. It's not like you know they're they're the top ten. You know, it's just it's maybe like they have a good solid four or five or six guys. That's about it. But at that time, from two thousand nine, actually two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and two thousand ten, the the UFC divi- heavyweight division was at its peak, literally at its peak. And that's this is something I, I would like you guys to go back and check out too. If you go back and look at that time period. It was it was it was big name after big name after big name after big name and all these names that you'll probably be familiar with like Frank Mir, Roy Nelson, Kane Velasquez, Junior Dos Santos, uh, Randy Couture, Nogueira, like all of these guys were still relevant. They weren't over the hill. They weren't irrelevant. They haven't had any like really significant losses. These guys were at their top of their games, and Brock Lesnar fitted right in. He fitted right in, and like I like I said, guys, you could, if you go back and check it out, you'll see for yourself. And during that time period, the UFC even came out with an Ultimate Heavyweights DVD. I had that DVD; it was pretty cool, and uh, and it, it was just kind. It was like not celebrating, but it was like showcasing the heavyweight division at, as being the best at that time. And the DVD it included a lot of really cool fights, a lot of knockouts. And it was just, it was a great time to be a heavyweight fan. And when, and they also, the UFC too, they, they uh, uh, had a magazine. It, it was for the heavyweights as well. So you had the DVD, then you had the magazine. And the magazine featured, like, like I was saying, just like everyone in the heavyweight division, like the stacked top 10. And then you had the contenders, like the, the young prospects that were rising up. And there was, there was, a, there was a lot of them too. And, it was just like I said. It was a, it was a fun time to be a fan of the heavyweight division, and I wish right now I wish the UFC. I wish we could have some great heavyweights. I wish we could have some great heavyweight fights to look forward to. But uh, hopefully, with this with John Jones being a new addition to the heavyweight division, hopefully we get just that. But so 
going back to Brock Lesnar. So Brock Lesnar, okay, so so Brock, let me okay, so Brock Lesnar, when he okay, when he became UFC heavyweight champion, Brock Lesnar did something that a lot of fighters didn't do. When Brock Lesnar beats Randy Couture for the UFC heavyweight champion and only in yeah, in his in his third fight, which is unprecedented, like there's no one ever who you know who got a UFC world title shot in their third fight, let alone beat the champion. But Brock Lesnar did so. And a lot of people, you know, gave him hate for that because he didn't deserve it. A lot of people thought he didn't deserve it. But Brock Lesnar was just looking at an opportunity and he capitalized on that opportunity and he conquered the champion. And a lot of people didn't like that. So but when Brock Lesnar was champion, he did something that a lot of champions didn't haven't done and that was successfully defend his championship. He what he he did was something he did something that a lot of fighters couldn't do. When he won the UFC heavyweight champion, he defended it twice. Okay? And if you if you go if you look back in in, in the history, like, you know, there's guys like Forrest Griffin, there's guys like Rashad Evans, there's guys like Shogun Rua. Like those guys won the world title. And in their first title defense, they lost. They did not successfully defend their belt. And, and and the thing is, and there's guys even in the heavyweight division that's been fighting for the UFC for such a long time that has never had the opportunity to fight for a UFC champion. Oh yeah, they, they have they have not had the opportunity to fight for a UFC championship. And then there's guys too that's that's been there for a very long time that like that has fought for a championship but failed to win it and you know for and for instance like guys like Jeremy Stevens Jeremy Stevens has been there for such a long time he's been there actually his his first match in the UFC was on the undercard in the prelims for Brock Lesnar versus Randy Couture you could check it out that was his first fight in the UFC and I think this was back in 2009 so that goes to show that guys like Jeremy Stevens have been there for a very long time and has never fought for a championship. You know, like now he's been, you know, yeah, he's been looking good, but but it's just kind of like it goes to show that right that right there, like guys that has been in the game for that long, you know, hasn't fought for a championship. And if you look at Brock Lesnar, he did it only in three fights in a short amount of time, you know, and. And the other thing too, there's guys like Nick Diaz. There's guys like Nate Diaz. There's guys like Donald Cerrone, and there's there's a lot more too. Actually, Donald Cerrone never fought for the belt. My mistake. But you know, guys like the Diaz brothers. Nick Diaz was a champion in Strike Force, but he was never the UFC champion. Nate Diaz, like he fought for the belt, I believe, I think one time, and he fought Benson Henderson. And he didn't win the fight. And he's been in the game for such a long time. Such a long time. Him and his brother both been in the game for such a long time. And they both never won a UFC championship. But you look at guys like Brock Lesnar. He was able to do so in just his third fight. So, and it goes to show too, like guys like, guys like, you know, Rashad Evans, Forrest Griffin, Shoga Rua. And there's so many other fighters too that would win the championship, but not defend the belt successfully in their first defense they they will lose it and for Brock Lesnar when he won the UFC heavyweight championship he defended it against against Frank Mir in which he avenged his loss and he done so in a convincing way he literally put a beating on Frank Mir and put a stamp down and shows that he improved and he's here to stay and showed him you know to, to, to be a really you know dominant champion and then his second title defense was against was against Shane Carwin, a, a a prospect of a heavyweight at that time that was just knocking people out left and right. This big, strong division one, actually division two wrestler with knockout power. And at that time, he was undefeated, and no one was able to get out the first round. And he and Brock Lesnar defeated him. So. And, and, and in that fight too, this was when when he fought Shane Carwin, 
he was actually coming back from diverticulitis. So I think he was out for like a year and a half or so. And his first fight was against Shea Carwin. He was going to defend the belt. And he, and he did so by submitting him in the second round. And in the, in the fight too, if you go and watch the fight, Brock Lesnar wasn't winning. And what Shane Carwin was doing, like that dude, like like I mentioned, he's a knockout machine. And he was just hit, you know, he gave he was just putting a beating on Brock. But Brock Lesnar, you know, somehow survived that onslaught. And after that, like I, Shane just really uh, blew his gas out, and he was really really tired. And so when the second round came, it was a window of opportunity for Lesnar to take him down and get him the arm triangle and and have him tap. And, you know, that will be his second title offenses. So that right there just shows you he did he did so in, in a fashionable way where there was no doubt that that he won. It didn't go to the, the, uh, the judge's scorecard, none whatsoever. He did so in a, in a convincing way by finishing his opponents. So that right there is very impressive. And and, I, and that's the thing, too, because a lot of fighters, when they enter the UFC, they want to be UFC champion. That's their dream. That's their goal. They don't look they don't look forward to being just, you know, this guy where they just want to have big fights and and just be like like, uh, you know, a household name. No, I, like a lot of them want that. But a lot of them want the wants to be the champion. A lot of them wants to be wants to hold that belt. And a lot of them are not able to do so. But Brock Lesnar is able to do so. So if you were to look, if you were to consider him to be in the Hall of Fame, you have to, you will have to, because he was a champion and he was a great champion because he beat Randy Couture. He's a legend. He's one, you know, a five-time world champion. So that right there, and Randy Couture was actually at his best at that time too. He was still very good. He was still very good. And, and so that right there, he beat someone like a relevant fighter. He beat a notable champion. And then he fought Frank Mir, who at the time was still relevant. At the time, he was doing really good. So he was a notable contender. So, you know, you, so that, so you, you know, check off that. And then Shane Carwin, he was also a notable contender. He was actually an interim championship. While Brock Lesnar was away, him and Frank Mir, they both fought for an interim championship. And Shane Car- Carwin won. So and he was undefeated at the same time, so, and Brock Lesnar defeated him. So that right there shows that shows that like he was a great credible champion, and that didn't stop right there. Even after he lost his belt to Cain Velasquez, he still continued to fight the tougher opponents in that division. So after his fight with Cain Velasquez. He was he was in line to fight Junior Dos Santos for the for the interim heavyweight championship, and so I think uh, I forgot what happened during that time period. But they it was it was extended a little longer because um, I know they did tough. They did the Ultimate Fighter, and both guys were coaches, and that was a really interesting interesting season. That was actually uh, I think it was it's that that season of the Ultimate Fire, Fighter is pretty underrated. The fights were competitive, and the storylines like. The, the and everything else was just really good. It was really interesting to watch. And so after Cain Velasquez, he was already in line to fight Junior Santos. So instead of looking to fight someone you know beneath him or someone with less experience or not or not as good as him, he stepped up to fight another big juggernaut like Junior Santos. And at this time, Junior Santos was getting ready for his shot at the title. And and so. Yeah, so he was just like I think he was, yeah he was the number one contender at the time and he was just looking really good. So Brock Lesnar stepped up to fight Junior Dos Santos and even though that fight didn't happen, he yeah even though that fight didn't happen because I think uh, he had another case of diverticulitis. I forgot what happened during that time period, but something happened and he, the fight was off. The fight the fight didn't happen and Shane Carwin had to replace Brock Lesnar. And so, so once, so that fight didn't happen, but when Brock Lesnar was making his return, he fought Alistair Overeem and Alistair Overeem was making his long awaited UFC debut. And so, yeah, so he was, you know, he brought at the time Alistair Overeem was coming over from Strikeforce. So the UFC purchased Strikeforce and all 
and the re- and the whole fighters that they had and and so now we were getting to see you know Alistair Overeem in the um, in the UFC. So and at the time too, like Overeem was literally like the top outside outside of um, Brock Lesnar when he was champion. Alistair Overeem was actually the man at the time because he was Strike Force heavyweight champion. <clears throat> He was Dream Heavyweight Champion and he was K1 Heavyweight Champion. So he was like, he was the granddaddy. He was, he was like this, you know, this heavyweight that a lot of people wanted to see in the UFC because he'd done it all. And so his first opponent was Brock Lesnar. And, and so Brock Lesnar, like I mentioned, instead of, you know, nitpicking or just beating around the bush and wanting to fight someone uh, beneath him, he, you know, like, you know, like he told Dana White from the get go, I want to fight the very best. And Alistair Overeem was the very best. And he took on that fight. And even though he didn't win, and even though he looked horrible in the fight, he got kicked and and, and went down and stayed down. Still, he had he has a lot of heart. He had the balls to step up and fight Alistair Overeem. Because if you look at the landscape of MMA right now, if you look at the UFC and some of its champions, a lot of fighters kind of want to pick their fights you know there's some fighters out there like Kamaru Usman that doesn't want to fight top competition he does want to fight the worthy contenders and and a, and, and a lot of people just want to just nitpick on who they want to fight it's just like but Brock Lesnar didn't do none of that he went straight he went straight forward he you know like I mentioned he told Dana White I could beat the best so let me fight the best and that's exactly what he did and and so you got to compare and contrast. You got to compare, you know, the fighters nowadays. You got to look at how they're nitpicking and they're picking their opponents and not want to fight the top tier talent. And then you look at Brock Lesnar, where he is fighting all the top tier talent at that time. So that right there just just shows like how good he really is, and and just shows why he he was he was just a different specimen. He, why he was a different athlete. And his last fight with Mark Hunt, and even though that was a controversy, fu- controversy fight, and he did win. Originally, he won the fight at UFC 200, but it was overturned because he tested positive for some banned substance. It, it goes to show, even in that fight too, he fought. He fought very hard. He 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 never quit. He fought really hard, and he and Mark Hunt was just a was a you know was a good fighter at the time too and a tough challenge and Brock Lesnar you know stood up to the plate and accepted that like I mentioned he could have just beat around the bush and picked someone else but no he he, he went straight up he went straight up and fought and beat Mark Hunt so you know you just got to look at all those are the positives that I mentioned he beat big names he fought big names he was a champion during the heavyweight division when it was at his peak. He was literally the conqueror. He was a champion and then everyone else, all these top names were beneath him. And he made two successful title defenses. And and when actually, yeah, so he beat big names and he was the you know, champion. He was a you know, he he was the conqueror. You know, he beat a really good champion. He you know, he beat a champion who is most respected and then he beat he defeated two guys to successfully retain his belts who were also relevant and who, who, who were also notable guys too. So, and they were also at their peak. So you just got to look at those kind of things. You just got to look at the positives. And, and like I said, like a lot of people have not, has not accomplished what he has accomplished in that shorter period of time. And that's what I just mentioned. And on top of that, you got to also look how he has drawn a lot of fans too. He has a lot of asses and seats. He has brought a lot of fans over to follow him, and and definitely, and the sport has has grown from, from that too. He's a special attraction, and whenever he fights, people want to watch. People want to see because it's Brock Lesnar. So you got to add that into the criteria of 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 what he has done in that short amount of time to to really think that he is a worthy uh, and notable. Um, he would be a notable member of the UFC Hall of Fame when that time comes, and a lot of people, like I said, and the 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 negatives, and you know, for people to say that he does not belong in the in the Hall of Fame because he did not have a lengthy career, you know, and and definitely that that's an argument, you know, but 
I think us as fans, we can decide, we can choose, you know, we could think about all these, all these, you know, all these scenarios. But I stated my, my, from my perspective, I stated why I thought he is, he is worthy of being a UFC Hall of Famer, just those let alone. And, you know, like I mentioned, a lot of, a lot of fighters today has not accomplished those things. So, but yeah, like I said, I I could see their point. I could see I could see why they don't think Brock Lesnar um, should be in the Hall of Fame because he doesn't have a long career. But if you look in if you look at the UFC Hall of Fame, there's nothing but champions, right? There's Ken Shamrock, there's Hoist Gracie, there's George St. Pierre, there's John Jones, there's Mark Coleman, there's Don Fry, there's you know Ken Shamrock. You you know those are champions, and Brock Lesnar was a champion. He was a he was a darn good champion too. And he defended the belt twice, so of course you you have to add Brock Lesnar in the Hall of Fame. He made great contributions to the sport. He conquered the time that he had in MMA, and that's something that I don't think we will see in a while. He he was just a special special specimen. He was just a, a different type of fighter, and and yeah, like like I said, like this is this is just you know. This is my opinion. This is my perspective. And whether you guys agree with me or not, I, I know you guys have your own opinions. And I, I, I would definitely be interested in hearing what your opinion is, you know. But like I said, I you know, those are the positives. And do I take anything away? If I if I had to if I had to look at his career and take any anything negative away and say, OK, well, let me see. I, I, you know, there's nothing that really comes to mind because, like I said, he he fought one good fighter after another good fighter, big name after big name after big name. So, I I don't know, but yeah, that's that's all I have to say. Like aside from like, yeah, he didn't have a long career. I still have to, you know, you know, take my hat off and give him the respect where's where's due because he it's to me in my opinion is he is very well deserved, and hopefully down the line. Maybe maybe we could see another Brock Lesnar fight. Hopefully we could see a Brock Lesnar fight. I wouldn't mind seeing that fight. You know, like during his hiatus from the WWE this past year, I thought I thought maybe possibly we could get to finally see a Fedor versus Brock Lesnar fight in Bellator because you know Fedor is not with the organization anymore, and at the time Brock Lesnar wasn't with the WWE anymore, and it was up in the air as to what he was going to do. A lot of people at the time thought he was going to go back into the UFC and fight John Jones, but that didn't happen. Those, you know, those were rumors and, uh, or he, he was going to sign with AEW. Those were also rumors or he was going to go back to WWE. I don't know. But, but at that time I was like, man, if we can make the, the Brock Lesnar versus Fedor fight at, at that moment, the dream fight, do it. If anyone could do it, it would be Scott Coker, and Bellator, but it didn't happen, and we—I don't think we will—we will ever get the dream fight. And you know, personally, I think Brock Lesnar's time in MMA is over. I don't think he's going to fight again. I think definitely he's getting much older, and and his body is not the same anymore, and he's not training the same as how he was, you know, before. So it's kind of tough, you know. But who knows? You know, it could be a surprise to us, like it was when he. When he, when it was announced he was going to fight Mark Hunt, that was a big surprise. A lot of a lot of us did not know that was going to happen. So, yeah. So that's my case. That is that is my perspective of why Brock Lesnar will be a great addition to the UFC Hall of Fame. And for you guys, you know, let, you know, I would like to, like I mentioned, I would like to hear your opinion and such and so forth. And uh, yeah. But before I end. I end this segment and go on to the other uh, the other news that I have on this podcast. I just want to just leave a, a little note. So, like not like today in in this day and age, we're seeing the Paul brothers, Logan Paul and Jake Paul, and all these and the rest of, like these YouTube stars how they're breaking out into boxing, and even you know you see musicians they're also you know putting, you know getting into it as well, and it's like. You know, ten years ago or a few a few years ago, this wasn't even a thing, but now it is. And so, if you really had to look at it, I mean, it's it. You know, throughout the years, there there always has been you know people to like cross over from like pro wrestling to MMA or MMA 
pro wrestling, but you know Brock Lesnar was the biggest name to to do it. And you just kind of have to look at the landscape of the business today, and you could you could see all these crossovers, like I mentioned earlier in the beginning, that you know there's guys from MMA going over to wrestling, and guys from wrestling to MMA, and then you have to have the um, the, the fewer additions to like the YouTube people, you know, YouTubers, and then you have athletes from other sports who are also, you know, chiming in into boxing and stuff like that or MMA. And so, so like right now, that's why I said, that's why I wanted to bring up this topic because the landscape has changed greatly. And in my personal opinion, I don't think the fans wouldn't mind having Brock Lesnar in the UFC Hall of Fame. I don't think it will be a big of an issue now because the landscape has changed. You know, with Logan Paul, he's he fought Floyd Mayweather. You know, with Jake Paul, he's fought Tyron Woodley. And you see, like, guys like Frank Mir. If you go back to when Brock Lesnar first came on the scene, Frank Mir was, was his nemesis. Those two did not like each other at all. Frank Mir will always make fun of him that he was his ex-WWE wrestler and how he didn't respect him because he was a professional wrestler. He came from fake fighting and stuff like that. But yet, here... Frank Frank Mir is like in pro wrestling now, and it, and it's it's quite funny, you know. It's quite funny how he was just he was so negative, and and he was like yeah, he was just sort of negative about that. But yet now he's he's you know he took a dive into pro wrestling and he's doing that. So you know it, it's just quite funny. So it just shows that Brock has the last laugh. And then you you look at Ronda Rousey. She went out. She was a successful fighter. And she was a champion, and she's also in the UFC Hall of Fame too. And she went out to WWE, and and she was champion there, and she was very successful. She she headlined WrestleMania. She drew a lot of money, and you know, it, it just goes to show like everyone is venturing into everything. There's something out there for any athlete. It's either with boxing, MMA, pro wrestling, whatever it is. It just shows that the landscape has changed, and I don't think people mind. As long as they're being entertained, and that's what these these athletes and these stars are doing—they're entertaining us. They're entertaining us by putting on great shows because you know we're obviously talking about them. We're obviously talking about these these events that are coming up. So that's why I think people, the fans today, wouldn't mind Brock Lesnar being in the Hall of Fame. It wouldn't be a big issue, but if it was, you know, it would be an issue if like five years ago or like a few a few years ago, or, or you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, you will have to look at this landscape today and you will have to say Brock Lesnar has something to do with that. That's for sure. He was a, he was a big contributor to, to all of this and what's going on right now. So, yeah, so now, you know, it's time to, to um, head on to the next segment. Okay, guys, well, so in the last podcast, I mentioned to you guys if there was any new information in regarding to the arrest of John Jones, I was going to inform you. So the only thing that we were informed of his arrest last week was he was arrested on battery domestic violence and injuring and tampering with a vehicle, whatever that means. But <clears throat> more details has arose from that earlier this week, and I will discuss. So Johnny Jones, it seems as though he can't get his shit straight. He can't get his act together. He's always getting in trouble. Whenever things seem to be going good for him, he tends to mess up. And so, these are just some strong allegations that are being brought against John Jones. So, just keep that in mind. These are nor truth or false facts. These are just allegations. This is just what's being said by his fiance and by the police report. So these are just allegations, guys. And so keep that in mind. And on October 26th, he will either be found guilty or innocent. So keep that in mind. So what's being said is the fact that he, you know, battery domestic violence. Well, his fiance stated that he pulled her hair. And why? Well, because... He was out all night partying with friends, and when he came back to the hotel, he seemed agitated. So when she tried to leave, he pulled her hair. And so when the police got onto the scene, they saw her with a busted lip. And so 
they asked her if like you know if he put any hands on her and if he you know physically assaulted her and she said no she just stated that her lips get dried and they tend to bleed but when the cops went to investigate the room they found blood on the sheets so and so uh, when when the cops arrived John was nowhere near to be found on the scene he left he left with you know like two guys which was reported so when when they found him on the street they went to go pick him up and uh, he he was really pissed off so what he did was he bashed his head on the front hood of the police car and so that's the that was the second charge that that was brought against him but you know you know these things these are like strong allegations you know because no one likes to hear a man you know pitting their hands on a woman and the MMA community is pretty upset in regards to these allegations that are being brought upon him you know I know DC is pretty mad Dana White is pretty upset and it seems like you know it's like a recurring history for John Jones for getting in trouble it seems as though once when he has things going well for him it tends to take a turn for the worse and we hit another roadblock with John Jones again with these allegations and like I mentioned you know these are just allegations and you know he, he will be proven guilty or innocent on October 26th but when I you know in my opinion in regards to these allegations they seem pretty logical they seem probably like it could have happened like if I have to give my personal opinion, I would think it, it would happen because I, I don't think, you know, his fiance for so many years and who's the mother of his, you know, three children will, will lie, uh, you know, against Jones. You know, I don't see any point. I, I, don't, I don't think she's doing it for fame. She's not doing it for money. She's not doing it for clout. She's not doing any of that. So for me, when I when I read the police report, when I read the statement, it sounds logical. It sounds like maybe something something like that did happen because it doesn't sound outrageous. It doesn't sound blown out proportion. It just sounds something, you know, lightly, you know, such as that that has occurred. So, but like I said, you know, he'll be found either proven innocent or guilty on October 26th. And these are just all allegations, you know. And so that's just my opinion. I think something probably did happen and I think he probably did pull his hair and you know Jones he denies all of these allegations too he says it doesn't happen so yeah but also too like another thing that the police stated too was that when they arrested Jones I guess he he was kidding with them too he was like he uh, he says something like I, I bet I could fight all of you guys and let me see what you could do. And he attempted to run, like just playing around though, fake. He wasn't literally going to run. He was like pretending like he was going to run to see, like to get a reaction, you know. And he he made a comment of that, like I I bet I could take all of you guys on. In my personal opinion, I kind of think he was for real. I kind of think John Jones would be the type of guy to take on a bunch of cops. He, you know. <clears throat> I think he would, you know, he seemed like he seems like the person that would do something like that, and I think he would do very well too. If that ever did occur, I I could see John Jones, you know, like uh, doing really well against, um, you know, an army of police officers. But yeah, that that was quite funny when I read that. But man, hopefully, you know, these allegations are not true, and and you know, hopefully. You know, he is innocent because he has a lot going for him. He was recently inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. And and it, he seemed like he was happy. He seemed like he was having a good time that day. He was with his family. He was with, you know, his fiance and his three daughter, daughters. And they all look happy. They all look like they were, happy, they were enjoying themselves. And, you know, he's going to make a move to the heavyweight division early next year. You know, sometime next year. He's getting the money that he wants. And he's... You know, he's a legend. You know, he's one of the greatest of all time, in my personal opinion. And, you know, so there, there's, there's a lot riding on John Jones right now. And then when you add, you know, this, this type of things, it kind of just burdens his whole anticipation on the heavyweight fight. It's just like, like, like a lot of people are just so disappointed at the fact this happened again. You know, so 
my question to you guys is, <clears throat> do you think he's guilty or innocent? And would you watch his, if he's found guilty? If, if he's found guilty, are you guys going to watch his uh, return to the octagon when he makes his move to the heavyweight division? Will that still interest you, or will that you know, or you could care less and you and you don't want to watch? But let me know what you guys think. Well, recently Anderson Silva was on the Ariel Hawani podcast, the MMA Hour, and so he was just you know. Uh, updated Ariel on what's life like outside of the UFC because you know a few weeks back he uh, he had a fight with Tito Ortiz in a boxing match in a boxing exhibition match uh, with with Thriller and so that's the organization that he is with right now he's actually in a non-exclusive contract which means that he's not tied down to that specific place he could you know he could venture out and do whatever he wants and he seems as though, you know, he has his mindset on what he wants to do. And he wants to get into some Muay Thai fights. And he wants to do some, you know, grappling competitions as well. So, you know, it's, that sounds pretty interesting, you know. Seeing that Anderson Silva is still competing and he's still a true martial artist. And he's doing his thing, you know. I'm happy for Anderson Silva. But one thing that did come to mind in his interview with Ariel Hawani was the fact that in his career right now, he feels as though his dream fight that he would love to have is against Floyd Money Mayweather. He did state that, and this wasn't the only time that he stated that. Many years back when he was UFC champion, he did state that he would love to fight Floyd Mayweather. You know, by the time he was, you know, with the UFC and he was a champion and he was in an exclusive contract and obviously that wasn't going to fruition, but, you know, now he's... With Thriller and he's not, you know, in a non-disclosed contract, he would like that to happen. Or at least in an exhibition, as he stated. But it seems as though whenever, when I hear that, I just, in my personal opinion, I think it sounds very unlikely that that will ever come into fruition. That that won't ever happen just because you just got to look at the two, honestly. You just got to look at Anderson Silva and you have to look at Floyd Mayweather. There's a big size difference between the two. Literally, a big size difference. Anderson Silva is like 6'2 or 6'3. And Floyd is like 5'7. Yeah, like 5'7. Anderson walks around like 220 or 230. And Floyd walks around the most, I believe, like 155 or probably 160. There's just a big size difference. Even in an exhibition match. It's just, you know, that... Can I don't think it will. I, I don't think in my in my personal opinion I don't think it will happen. You know I know Floyd just recently fought. You know in I mean this past June he fought Logan Paul who was way bigger. He's you know he weighs like two thirty and he's like six three. He's a big guy and stuff like that. But you know Logan Paul wasn't wasn't a big threat to Floyd Floyd Mayweather. That's why he fought Logan Paul. He wasn't worried about he wasn't worried about him. But for someone like Anderson Silva, I could see Floyd Mayweather saying, nah, you know, you know, just like passing him up, not having any interest in wanting to have an exhibition bout with Anderson Silva. There's really no point, you know. In my honest opinion, if, if it did happen, I could see Anderson Silva taking the win for sure because of just the size difference. But, you know, to, to think logically, it just won't because, like I mentioned, the size difference. And on top of that, Floyd is retired. In his last fight after he beat Logan Paul, he was just he clearly said it that he was done, he's not gonna do no more. And he's just his body is just wrecked. After all those training camps and all those fight, you know, right now his body's like taking a toll and he cannot do much more. When he went into the Logan Paul fight, he just wasn't at his absolute best. His body, like I like I mentioned, his body's taking a toll, his body is like, you know, collapsing on him. And, but he still took the fight and he still did very well. So, and, and on top of that too, you know, a lot of people, you know, when he fought Logan Paul, it, you know, it was just an exhibition bout. And so, and a lot of people just forget that an exhibition bout is just for entertainment purposes. So it's not really uh, supposed to be taken seriously. It's just pretty much for entertainment. It's kind of like maybe, like kind of like a sparring session in a way. You know, it's not really so much like as a fight because it doesn't really affect their 
the pro uh, record whatsoever. <clears throat> and you know, the thing is, with an exhibition, the, you know, exhibition fights have been around for such a long time, from the days of Joe Lewis and Rocky Marciano. You know, after their careers were over, they would, you know, like... They, you know, people would like pay them to just, you know, come on and entertain, you know, just just work with some of the guys, just have fun. That's what pretty much what exhibition is, is not to be taken serious, it's just to have fun. And that's how Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather saw, you know, saw that, as, you know, leading up to his fight with Logan Paul. He even said it many times too that, you know, I'm just here to entertain, I'm just here to have fun. That's why it's an exhibition. So, and, and the thing with Anderson Silva, he gets it too. He obviously gets it too. He's like, I would like to have an exhibition with Floyd Mayweather because he understands it's just for fun. But it, it's just, it probably it won't it won't happen whatsoever because I think, you know, obviously for real, it's like Floyd could just, he's a smart man when it comes to boxing. He's going to look at Anderson Silva and he's going to be like, no, nah, I'm not, I have no interest. I have no point in wanting to, you know, have this exhibition bouts with him, you know, and because, you know, the media, the MMA media or box media, they'll blow it up and make it out to this, to be out to be this big thing, you know, for, you know, what, you know, for what it's not. And so, but, you know, as much as that sounds fun and as much as I would love to see that, I just, I just know it won't happen. And so it sucks for, um, Francis Silva. I know that's his dream fight. And, I mean, what do you guys think? Would you guys enjoy? Would you guys would love to see a fight or an exhibition bout between Floyd Mayweather and Anderson Silva? And who do you think wins? Who, who do you think? How would you, who would you go for? You know, but yeah, you know, I mean, if you go back to watch Floyd and you know his exhibition bouts, I mean, after he, you know, after he retired from boxing, after he fought Conor McGregor, he was doing exhibition bouts he was doing uh even non-televised exhibition exhibition bouts traveling all around the world people were paying him like the most money to you know to fight their guys or spar with their guys whatever and it didn't really matter and um i you know a few years back he fought tension in that dream event on new year's eve and that was publicized and you saw what happened to tension tension was like 125 pounds much smaller than mayweather and Floyd took him out with a body shot in, I think, the second round or so. So, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. He didn't take it serious. But with someone like Anderson Silva, he's more of a threat. He's been doing this for such a long time. And, and you know, he, he's just not going to do it. He's not going to mess up his reputation, especially against an MMA fighter, an ex-MMA fighter. He's just not going to do it. So, I mean, nice try, Andy. Nice try. But there's bigger, there's bigger and better fights for him out, you know, out there, and uh, yeah, I mean, we'll stay tuned with uh, with Andy and see, you know, what's going on uh, with the rest of his career. Man, 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 what a podcast this has been so far, man! I'm enjoying every bit of it. This is really fun. I'm glad you guys are, you know, tuning in and get to, you know, we get to talk about MMA and all sorts of stuff, you know, but. One thing I really want to discuss too is UFC 266. What an event that was. That was probably one of the best UFC events. Some of the best fights I've seen in all year, to be honest. There were some really good fights and I, you know, I wasn't uh, disappointed whatsoever. You know, we got to see the return of Master Ninja Nick, Nick Diaz. Even though he came up short, still still you know, we got to give him credit where credit's due because Nick Diaz, you know, he's a badass. And congratulations to Ruthless Robbie Lawler. He really deserved that win, man. He's been there for such a long time, and it's great to see how he has improved so much from his from his last fight with Nick Diaz, like 17 years ago. You know, he if you if you compare and contrast both fights, they're just like apples to oranges. You know, he's just a, a much different fighter and a much better fighter today than he was then and you could just see how he was just he wasn't as overly aggressive and wasn't as wild and as wasn't as you know just like crazy as he was the first time you know he was just his his stand-up was very uh was very much better you know and yeah man it was it was cool to see him avenge that loss and maybe we'll get a trilogy maybe you know some somewhere down the line we'll get a th- you know a third fight between them but who knows who knows what Nick Diaz wants but I covered I covered that fight on the last podcast so you guys 
Um, hopefully you guys get to check it out if you haven't heard it. So um, yeah, but aside from that, we had the co-main events between Valentina Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy for the for the belts, and then we had Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. But to be honest, like both fights were really good. But you know, we had we were we were lucky enough to get two championship bouts. And Valentina Shevchenko, I've always been a fan of Valentina. She's you know she's always been one of like the female fighters that. I've always enjoyed watching because she's just really good. She's just really technical. She can, you know, she's a great fighter and she brings a lot to the table. And, you know, it's, and with her performance over, you know, Lauren Murphy, man, it was just great. It's just one of those things where, you know, we have to assume like, you know, who's, who's going to be able to dethrone, you know, dethrone her. Who's going to be that one person that gets to defeat her, you know, but only time would tell because, you know, we, we don't know who she's going to fight next. But she, it was a great performance. I, I really enjoyed that fight. And, you know, the thing with Lauren Murphy, too, you know, going going into the fight, my pick was Valentina, and here's why. I just I just didn't see Lauren on the same level as Valentina. You know, Lauren's like, she has, you know, she has heart, and she's really tough, but she's really stiff at the same time. And so when she fought Valentina, it was just like, you know, it, it it was just one of those things where she just didn't have an answer, and Valentina did a really good job with keeping the distance, and you know, just really executing you know what she does best, and that strike and kick and stuff. And so you know, so that right there is just kind of like I just didn't see Lauren Murphy as a threat. She just wasn't. I mean, she's she's a good fighter, you know, but she just she's not a good she's not good enough at this moment to be Valentina. Maybe down the road when she gets better, she can be Valentina but not right now. What what I would like to see after this after that fight is Valentina versus Amanda Nunes number 3. I I think that would be that's the most logical fight to 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 make because right now Amanda Nunes is not fighting. I mean, not that I know of, but I know that you know they had two fights and uh, I think Nunes won both of them and a third fight you know, will be great because those two fights were really close, and those two fights, it was just it was one of those things where it could have went either way. And I know Valentina would like to fight Amanda Nunes, but I don't know if Amanda Nunes could does what you know wants to fight Valentina. I mean, why not? I, you know, Amanda Nunes says that you know she's defeated everyone, and there's really no one out you know no one else out there to you know to fight, but. I think she's wrong. I think I think this third fight with Valentina will, will make the most sense. Yeah, she's defeated everyone in the division, and she feels as though that there's no one out there. But she, you know, I feel as though Valentina is the only competition out there because she's really given her. She gave her a, a run for her money. I I would love to see that fight. I think if they fought a third time, I I will go with Valentina for sure. Not just because I like her, not because I'm a big fan of her. I just think. The third time will probably be just a different outcome. We will see a different outcome, but it's up to Amanda because I know uh, Valentina. She she wants that fight. I know she stated she she would like uh, another rematch, but um, it's only it's it's up to Amanda now. The ball is in her court, and we will get to see if that's what she wants to do. I know right now I think like you know she's enjoying life. You know she has a child with her with her wife and. They're doing their thing, and I, I think you know I think she's uh, coaching some fighters or whatnot. But we'll see what happens, you know. But that'll be a fight that I really would love to happen. That'll be really cool. But uh, you know, for you know, and and going on to the main event with Alexander Volkanovski and Brian Ortega, that was just a great fight. Like I really enjoyed it. That was really fun to watch. And for me, my pick, not just because he won, but my pick going into the fight was Alexander Volkanovsky, and here's why. The thing with Alexander Volkanovsky and what <clears throat> I like about him is the fact that he's explosive. He's one of those guys that 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 is just explosive, and he just he just does it. You know, he just doesn't think twice about it. He just does it. He's just explosive. He's fast, and he's athletic, and he hits hard too. He's and he's just a strong guy. I know he was a rugby player before. And I, a lot of that has to, a lot of his success has to do with the fact that he was a rugby player. Because, like I mentioned, you know, I think coming from that background, 
he's able to do a, a lot. Like I said, he just doesn't think about it. He just doesn't, and that's the explosiveness. And I and I feel as though he gets that from rugby, and he's just athletic too at the same time. So, and 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 that's that's his strengths. And he's on top of that, he's just a well-rounded fighter. He could do everything great. He could stand up. He has submissions, and you know he proved it to us in the fight when you know he was able to get out of Brian Ortega's you know submission holes like they were deep too but he proved that he was a true champion he he proved that he was a true fighter by not quitting and by getting out of his submission holes you know and Brian Ortega is the real deal in jiu-jitsu he's a black belt and that's his strength he's not known for his stand-up even though you know he trains it and stuff like that but he's not known for his stand-up his stand-up is not that great as you can see in the fight, you know, it, even his previous fights, you know, like with Max Holloway, he just gets lit up if, when when he stands up, and he has to resort to his jujitsu, and that's what he, you know, sh- he should he should do, and that's what he did with Volkanovski. He took advantage of many opportunities, and he tried to he tried to win, he tried to execute them, but it just didn't go his way. Volkanovski, you know, he fought a great fight. Both men fought a great fight, and. It, you know, if you had to really look at it, you know, he did, he clearly won a, you know, a, you know, the, the decision win. There's no doubt about that. And what's next for him, man? Who knows? Who knows what's next for him? But that, you know, I, I, I had a fun time watching it. It was just, it was really great. But for me, like after, out of all the fights, I feel as though I really want to see Shevchenko and, and Amanda Nunes make, make that happen. Let's, let's see it. And for you guys too, like, do you guys want to see that fight? Who do you want to see Valentina Shevchenko fight next? Do you think a third fight, a trilogy, will be? Uh, do you think a trilogy should happen between the two? Would you Would you look forward to it, or do you think, you know, they should just stay away from each other, and Amanda Nunes should stay retired, and Valentina Shevchenko? I don't know, but that's just that's what I'm looking forward to. But uh, yeah, guys, well, man, thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. I had a great time. But you know what, guys, like, and you know, that's that's the thing, too. When I get on this podcast, you know, I get to just talk, talk about stuff that I'm passionate about. And this is what I'm passionate about, for sure. I get to talk about stories, you know, like today, like about Brock Lesnar and stuff like that. And what's happened in the media with John Jones and stuff like that. This stuff really intrigues me. And I hope you guys enjoy it. You know, I'm here to stay and I and I want to produce content all the time. And, you know, and and and, ju- and this is just a start, too. And I'm going to continue to do more for sure. And I know there's going to be some good fights coming up, too. And I'm going to talk about more of those fights. And because at the same time, I want you guys to get to know me and my opinions are. I want you guys to understand what I like, what I see and and, and stuff like that, because I feel as though like. You know, I, I definitely want to share with you guys, like, you know, my insights and, and my analysis on fighters and, and fights and what I honestly think. And, you know, hopefully you guys can learn from it, too, you know, and hopefully I can learn from you guys something, you know, as well, because I like learning, you know, I like and, and it's just. Yeah. So just stay tuned, guys. And I can't wait to report on, on these next upcoming fights because in this podcast too, I just don't always want to report on the UFC. The UFC is really important to the big organization, but I also want to report more on Bellator, you know, and One FC, PFL, you know, those organizations too because they matter. They have some great fighters and they have some great fights, and it's something to look forward to, you know. So, but until until then, guys, thanks for tuning in and uh, have a great week. Last but not least, as we come to the end of the podcast, I just want to say, don't forget to follow my Instagram at epic underscore fights underscore discussions underscore MMA. And I also have a YouTube channel too. So if you guys want to follow the podcast on YouTube, feel free to do so. And I'm also on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. So you guys, please follow, please share, please get the word out. I want to, you know, I I really enjoy doing this and I, you know, I can't wait to come back and upload a, you know, a new addition to the podcast. I have so much fun and thanks for tuning in once again. So until then, guys, see you.